Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. For today's episode, we will be previewing the Gophers Week 11 matchup on the road in West Lafayette versus the Purdue Boilermakers. So another 2.30 p.m. kickoff for for the Gophers. Oddly enough, they are playing on NBC again. Another primetime game against a 2-7 and seven Purdue team. So this, this is a weird game for the Gophers, but um, they enter as a one-point underdog, and the over-under is currently set at 46.5 points. So it will be another tightly contested Big Ten West matchup. So a little bit about Purdue. They are 2-7 and seven this year, year one of the Ryan Walters era, new head coach from Illinois, who was the defensive coordinator last season there. Um, Purdue's had a pretty tough schedule, kind of like Illinois. Um, they opened the year against a very good Fresno State team. Um, in my eyes, probably a top 30 team in the country, and they lost 35-39 in that game. It was at Purdue. And then they went to Virginia Tech, a struggling program right now, but they won by seven on the road. And then they hosted Syracuse and lost a pretty bad Syracuse team that started out well, but they're struggling now. Um, and then home Wisconsin loss, and then a home Illinois win. Pretty impressive win, too. They won 44-19. One of the more fascinating results of the season in the Big Ten, I still don't really get that game. Um, I, I see Purdue as one of the weaker teams in the conference, and we saw last week that Illinois is still incredibly talented. And then Purdue went on the road, tight game with Iowa, six points in, against Iowa, is like 12 against most teams. But then they hosted Ohio State, loss, at Nebraska, loss, at Michigan, loss. Um, none of those last three were relatively close. They were all by multiple scores. And now Purdue is carrying a four-game losing streak into this game with the Gophers, but they are favored. So that tells you how tight the Big Ten West is. The clear worst team can still give a team that's competing for a Big Ten West title still a run for their money. And yeah, like I said, first year for Ryan Walters in 2023. Some players to watch for Purdue. Um, I think the best player on their team is probably their safety Dylan Thieneman, who probably has some NFL potential, definitely an all-conference level player. Um, and then they're, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but their prized possession of the offseason was quarterback Hudson Card, who was transferred from Texas. And then they got uh, running back Devin Mockaby, who's been there for a while. Solid Big Ten running back, nothing to write home about. Uh, Tyrone Tracy is another running back who's kind of came on. Um, this season, and their next best defensive player, I think, is Nick Scorton on the edge. Very talented edge rusher. And then their best offensive lineman, I think, is Preston Nichols, who is a guard. So those are some guys to look out for, just so you know what what names to watch. But um, not a Purdue roster that jumps off the table, that is for sure. So coming off the heels now, one of the most frustrating losses of the P.J. Fleck era. I 
wouldn't go anywhere near saying it's one of the worst losses. It was just given all the circumstances, it was just frustrating. Um, but it, it, how it does, life doesn't get easier. Travel to West Lafayette, a place that's always sleepy and hard to win, no matter who's playing, no matter who's the coach. One of those Big Ten West stadiums, and they're underdogs technically, very short underdogs, but underdogs nonetheless. So, um, what is up with Purdue this season? Ryan Walters enters his first year as head coach. Um, longtime Purdue coach Jeff Brom finally made his uh, longtime rumored move to his alma mater, Louisville, except the same role. He is the head coach there now. And he had turned Purdue into a pretty consistent team in the Big Ten West, always flirting with the top 25, uh, kind of how a lot of teams in the Big Ten West are that they just kind of have years where that happens, but they're never a dominant team. And so now he's gone. And his successor was something interesting to watch because everyone always talked that he's like, oh, he's going to go to Louisville eventually, blah, blah, blah. That job opened up. Scott Satterfield went to Cincinnati. Jeff Brown went to Louisville. So now Purdue went out and hired the very popular name amongst the coaching ranks. Uh, Ryan Walters was getting a lot of hype last year after uh, being the defensive coordinator for the fighting Illini. Um, he was only 36 years old, and he turned the Illinois defense into one of the better units in the country. Very quick turnaround. Uh, guys like Devin Witherspoon, who my eyes NFL defense player, defensive rookie of the year. Um, we see Jerzon Newton learned a lot from his see, obviously. A lot of really solid defensive players the last few years. So um he was at Missouri before Illinois for five seasons. Um he was the safeties coach the first year, and then he kind of slowly integrated into being the DC there. So Brett Bielema clearly saw something there. He never really stood out at Missouri. Uh, they've obviously kind of been that six and six, five and seven team the last like decade. And this year they're finally breaking out, but I digress. And so he, uh, now Walters will look to do the same at Purdue. Oddly enough, Purdue's defense is pretty, pretty mediocre this season. So, um, it'll take time like it does anywhere, but he's definitely a defensive coach. That'll be his identity, which will fit right in in the Big Ten. It'll be interesting what. Programs like Purdue, where they go uh, with the with the new conference and all these teams. Minnesota's on the same tier as Purdue right now. Uh, might be a little higher, obviously, that they have a little more ability at the head coaching position. Nobody knows how good Ryan Walters will be. But nevertheless, really good access and O's guy. So um, kind of different than P.J. Fleck, in my opinion. Um, very, very good defensive head coach, but. It'll be interesting. First time going up against the Gophers. So as for some personnel, um, like I mentioned earlier, Texas transfer QB Hudson Card, one of the bigger moves of the offseason. It was kind of impressive that Purdue was able to get him. Um, it kind of happened like right after the head coaching change, too. It was, If I remember correctly, I think it was pretty early in the transfer portal process that he committed to Purdue. And then... Um, which is interesting, though, because he really could have went a lot of places, I feel like. He was a really highly touted recruit. Um, I believe he's ranked 70th on 
247's composite rankings in 2020, and he, he had offers from everywhere. Uh, um, would he I think he would have committed the year before Sark took that job and then he stayed, or the year he did? Might have been Sark's first QB recruit, but um, and then Quinn Ewers came in, Arch Manning came in, Malik Murphy, who started the case, they came, came in, so that forced him out. He's like, ah, it's gonna be tough for me to play. So he moved, he went on to Purdue, um, and he now replaces their longtime starter, Aiden O'Connell, who's now QB one of the rant of the Raiders, looking pretty good in the NFL. But, um, interesting movement at the quarterback position for them. Um, and basically, what I'm saying though, Card, very talented guy. I was very interested to see this Purdue team because I was pretty high on Hudson Card the few starts he had on at Texas. I thought he was pretty good. But this Purdue team doesn't have many playmakers around him. They don't have very good offensive lines. So um, he's struggled so far this year. Through nine games, he's completed 57.7% of his passes um, for 1,861 yards, nine touchdowns, and eight picks. So um, I I thought he had a very high variance this year that Purdue could have been a surprise team in year one if he plays very well elevates the rest of his team, or they could have been disappointed here, and he could have been disappointed. And that's kind of where they're at right now. But he's still talented enough that he has the tools to put it all together. So he's definitely still got to look out for it. But I, I, that's an interesting dynamic for the program right now. Obviously, quarterback's the most important position. And um, kind of interesting outlook for him at that position right now. So, yeah, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, a few more storylines. Last one here. Is Purdue the worst team in the Big Ten? It's a fair question that hasn't been asked in a while because they've always been pretty solid the last decade. But after we just saw last week, Michigan State beat Nebraska, Indiana beat Wisconsin. I still personally think both those teams are worse. Um, I mean, the Gophers were favored by seven at home against Michigan State. And I feel like they, I feel like betting market wise, Indiana's probably the worst. The Gophers would probably be, hate, be favored by like 10 at home, maybe. I mean, what was that Wisconsin? I forget what the Wisconsin spread was, but maybe it would be around seven. But on the, so that means neutral, neutral field, it would be like three and a half, four. So at Purdue, if the Gophers were hosting, they'd be about a two point. So that's just some betting talk. But, um, basically tells you that the betting markets think Michigan State or Indiana is worse. Purdue's still a solid team. They got a solid roster. Um, and but I say all that. They're the only team in the conference with two wins. Uh, Michigan State now has three. Indiana now has three. And but Purdue has better wins than both of them. Uh, I uh, Actually, Winning at Wisconsin for Indiana's whole different. No, that game was at Indiana, but still beating Wisconsin's probably the best one out of that whole group. But Purdue has beaten Virginia Tech and Illinois. They've only played Power Five opponents all season. A very tough ask for any program in the first year with a new head coach. So I wouldn't put too much stock into their record is basically what I'm saying. I, I think they're still a really solid football team that'll give the Gophers a run for their money. I think the Gophers have clear advantages um, skill-wise across the field, but they had advantages last week, so I would not 
go too far to say anything in this game. And I, I think when you look at whether they are the worst team in the conference, blah, 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 I think what it shows is that the Big Ten is really as deep as it's ever been. There's In years past, a down year for Northwestern, um, a down year for Rutgers, a down year for Indiana, you, you, look, you see them on the schedule and you're like, okay, that's a win. And you can pretty confidently say that because – um, I mean, as Gophers fans, we all know it's hard to get up sometimes for like a MAC opponent, but when it's a conference game in like November and you got Indiana, you're not worried too much sometimes. But what I'm saying is there's not really that many of those this year. You know, Indiana's a live dog, Purdue's a live dog. So, um, well, Purdue might be the worst team in the conference. Gophers cannot overlook the Boilermakers. So, how are the Gophers going to win this game? Where do they have advantages? Blah, blah, blah. I personally think Ethan will probably put together one of his better games in his Gophers career. I think he'll continue having good play. Purdue's past defense has been, like I said, pretty average, if not bad. Um, They allow 238.9 yards per game. And that ranks 89th best in the country, so that's below the 50% mark. And I, I think there's room to be had there for the Gophers. They clearly have found something in the passing game, I think. At least I can hope, I can be optimistic that the um, the offense watched the film the last game, saw which Harbo maybe saw the stuff that was working in the first half, and he saw he's asking himself, why did we go away from that in the second half? And maybe they can start out with that again. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really too scared of the, um, Purdue pass defense. So that's kind of what gives me a little hope in this game. And I, again, I think a big factor will be the health of Darius Taylor. Uh, Jordan Newman's proven to be more than capable of being a starting big 10 running back. But when Taylor's in there, we've seen the Gophers offense be able to play at a different level, um, Obviously, that North Carolina game wasn't good, but when you look at the Eastern Michigan game, the Northwestern game, they were moving the ball great before he got hurt. If you look at the – that would have been what game? The Iowa game, I mean, they were moving the ball against one of the best defense in the country. So basically what I'm saying is he takes their offense to another level I don't think it will hurt them necessarily if he doesn't play, but it will help them dramatically if he does, in my opinion. So that'll be something interesting to see. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about if he will play or if he won't play, but uh, I think it's going to be like any game has been in the Big Ten West this season. Um, all of them have been one score for the Gophers. The t- tight Nebraska game, Michigan obviously plays in the East and then you got the um, tight Northwestern game. You got the tight Illinois game, the tight Iowa game. And now this game, I think it'll be tight. I, I don't think either team's going to pull away. And um, I sound like a broken record here, but there's going to be a handful of plays, kind of like in that Illinois game, that are going to sway whether this goes one way or the other. If the Gophers don't fumble on the first kickoff of the game, I think that that's a different game against Illinois. If... um. They don't let up that touchdown at the end of the game. You obviously know it's a different game, but 
there were a lot of plays in the middle of that. If if they didn't settle for a field goal after the early turnover in the second half, it's a different game. So it's just there's going to be three or four plays that we're talking about the next day on Sunday that that we're going to be like, well, that that determined it. That's that swung the game. So I think when you're playing in games this tight of margins, what comes out and what rises to the top is coaching. Um, I think we, anyone who's a fan of the Vikings saw that in the Zimmer era, the close games were hard to win. And then they replaced their coach. And then the following year, they won all those close games. So again, I'm not saying that PJ Fleck needs to seats warm or anything, but I am saying he has to make better decisions. Um, and it's not just him. It's his whole coaching staff, but obviously it starts at the top. And uh, management controls their employees, and um, they lead their employees. So um, it's coaching decisions, player decisions. It's just got to be sharp in these games, especially when you play a style the Gophers do. The margins are so small. And basically what I'm saying is the margins are going to be small in this game again. Um, I, I could tell you that Purdue has good run defense, good pass defense, blah, blah, blah. I could say that the Gophers have an advantage here, an advantage there. It's going to be close at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be a close game, and it's who, who's, who, whoever's going to make plays. But as I say that, the Illinois game scared me a lot more last week. I thought the Gophers were going to lose, and they did. Um, it just seemed like a good spot for Illinois coming off the bye week. And, I mean, Purdue right now is reeling year one of a new head coach with losses to Iowa, Ohio State, Nebraska, Michigan, all in a row. And like I said, that they haven't played a non-Power 5 team. I just think that's going to catch up to them here. And they're going to kind of stumble down the rest of the season. And I I think it will be close. Um, and I think the Gophers – I said the Gophers were going to win 21-20. Um, that might be a little, as I wrote that, a little pessimistic, honestly. Now that I talk about it a little more, I could see them winning by maybe a score, maybe seven. Um, but I think this game will be played in the 20s, and Purdue hasn't scored more than 14 points since September. It is November 9th. So they've only scored more than 14 points once since they played Syracuse. But I digress. And so basically what I'm saying, I, I expect to go first. We, we've talked about setting your expectations for these games and not getting let down as a fan. I think this is a game you can go in and expect to win because they should win this game. And I think they have a clear advantage. They're playing a two-win team that's reeling. And the Gophers are reeling after a loss. But it's time to step up and play like you should be playing. The Gophers have shown that they have the guys. And it's time to do it. And this is a game to do it. So, um, I a quick episode. I, I don't think I got much else to talk about. Um, as I'm recording this, the Thursday before the game, I four years ago, the today on November 9th, the Gophers beat Purdue or beat Penn State, excuse me, um, 31 27 at TCF Bank Stadium, then TCF Bank Stadium. There were five ranked Nittany Lions, just a tremendous game. Uh, Crazy how quick time flies. 
Um, just thought I'd mention that Terry Morgan, 18 of 20 in that game for three, three, three 39 and three touchdowns. Um, seems like that was generations ago. Um, just kind of tells you how this sport is. It's up and down, and, and there are things that will change, and there are moments that will change coaches, players, and everyone's legacy. And that was a game that did. If the, if DJ Flake didn't win that game, I don't know if he's still the coach of the Gophers right now, but that's how sports work. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention, Tregon Kessich named one of the 20 finalists for the 2023 Luke Rosa Award, awarded to college football's top place kicker. Uh, Kessich is 18 of 21 on field goals this season, perfect 19 and 19 on extra points. So well-deserved distinction for him. Um, and the Gophers uh, kicking unit still continues to be money. A few other shout-outs, I guess, now that I'm closing out here. Um, the Tanner Morgan back on the Vikings practice squad after Jaron Hall suffered a concussion. Seems like he's kind of their emergency like QB4 that they just bring up if they have an injury or something. But um, cool to see him back on an NFL roster, especially when it's when it's in his um, state and city of residence. I, I don't know if he's living in. He might have moved back to Kentucky. But, um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Go for his basketball season, starting out strong. Um, Coy Parrish received an offer from Ohio State. Um, interesting recruitment to follow. Um, as the season winds down here, I'm definitely going to talk a little more about roster construction in the future, some I love talking about. But um, he now has offers from Michigan, Ohio State, USC, and Florida State. So as the Gophers have a commit from him, they are far from done recruiting him. And I would assume the full-court press is on him, and they are giving him everything right now because they're dealing with the big boys, and rightfully so. He is a tremendous football player. It's certainly something to monitor. Um, I would not confidently say either way that he's going to leave or he's going to stay um, because I think it would be naive to, to say things like that, but certainly something to follow. And, yeah, I, I think we're going to wrap it up there. As always, I appreciate everyone for listening. Roll the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.